Hello and welcome to the Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations podcast, where we explore different topics and discuss what scripture has to say about them. Our goal with this podcast is to try and be helpful to you. I'm Justin, the family and worship minister here at Oak Grove in Arden, North Carolina. I'm here with the preaching minister, Archie Gilmer. Make sure to like and subscribe to our Facebook page and YouTube account so you won't miss any future episodes or services. Also, make sure to comment your thoughts and give us feedback on these episodes. Well, hello again. It's uh, Archie Gilmer and Justin Miller here at Oak Grove Christian Church. Welcome to another episode of Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations. We talked last episode about... Uh, spiritual discipline of meditation and pretty good pretty good discussion I think and uh, I think maybe we talked about some things that most people don't don't think of or aren't really aware of as far as the spiritual growth uh, tools are concerned but we as we continue to pursue spiritual discipline uh, we'll want to look at the spiritual discipline of prayer today and once again we're we are uh, using uh, a book titled Celebration of Discipline mm-hmm. as a guide. We're not going everything that we talk about uh, is influenced by by the chapters in that book. However, we're kind of bouncing off of it and just having a discussion about it together. So I want to read uh, the first paragraph of this uh, the discipline of prayer out of that book and uh, just a few sentences and then we'll, and then we'll go from there. Uh, it says, prayer catapults us onto the frontier of the spiritual life. Of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. Meditation introduces us to the inner life. Fasting is, a, is an accompanying means. Study transforms our minds, but it is the discipline of prayer that brings us into the deepest and highest work of the human spirit. And then the another sentence just underneath those sentences here in the same chapter says, to pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. So right off the bat, we're uh, wanting to point out that prayer is the, uh, is a, it's not just one of the most important things in our spiritual growth and who we are in Christ it is basically I would I would go ahead and say it is the one thing that holds everything together hmm. as far as uh, our relationship with God so uh, having said that uh, let's get into a few things that we can talk about uh, as as it pertains to prayer basically talking about um, one it's a discipline so that would lead us into when I hear the word discipline, I'm thinking I hear effort. Mm-hmm. You, you got to discipline yourself. You got to make some kind of effort. So I'll let Justin talk. Start us off with talking about uh, how to begin prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, or if you just got saved, or you just need to start improving your prayer life. Sure. Yeah. So prayer. Uh, I would say most people probably listening to this have heard of prayer. They they kind of right. know what prayer is. There's 
multiple examples in scripture of prayer. I mean, the entire book of Psalms is all prayers from, you know, mostly David, but there's other authors in there too. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then probably the most famous one most people have heard of is uh, the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus gives to his disciples. And so uh, the thing we wanted to talk about when relating this to discipline, why would prayer be a discipline? Well, it takes practice. It takes effort to right. become I don't I don't know if I want to use the word good at it, but it, it takes effort to really get in tune with yeah. God. You could say it takes a lot of effort to become healthy in your prayer life. Sure, yeah, that's great. And and so um maybe a misconception that we can talk about towards the beginning is when when we're talking about prayer as practice, you know, we have to ask, well, what what is prayer? Is prayer us talking to God asking for certain things that's you know maybe one aspect but i think here in this book uh, what they're really trying to get across is you know what is prayer it's you know when we pray it's a way for us to be to grow more in tune with god to know and and understand what god's will is so the more that you do it the more that you practice it it's helping yourself become uh, more growth oriented i guess in in finding what that will of God is. And so one of the ways that they say you can do this is starting to pray with some smaller things in mind. And so this can be, and what we mean, I guess, by smaller and bigger is maybe the severity of certain issues. You know, if if your prayer life was non-existent and then a catastrophe happened and mm-hmm. it, it kind of moved you to pray, right? I don't want to say that the, the prayer might not seem like it like maybe it didn't work or something right. but but there's probably a good chance that your spiritual life and your relationship to God in prayer is not as strong as maybe right. as it could be well you definitely there's a lot of, there's a lot of situations that happen in life and I think most of us may have experienced what you're talk what you're describing is we, we kind of go through life overlooking the fact that we can talk to God and he's available and the prayer life is almost non-existent, especially if we're not believers, if we haven't come to the Lord for salvation. But even after even after people are saved, they seem to kind of live that way. And I think it's sometimes unintentional. They're not realizing. And then when something happens like you're describing, then we want to call out to God. Mm-hmm. It's like when there's no... When there's no other resources, we want to call out to God, and I and I'm never going to say that's wrong. Sure, I'm never going to tell somebody, okay, because you haven't talked to God before, now you want to talk to Him. You're wrong. That's not right. No, anytime we should call out to God. However, the dynamics of your prayer life and the the effectiveness of your prayer life, I would say, is going to be in a healthier state. If you've spent time with God, mm-hmm. the longer we spend with God, the more we know him. Yeah. And as we've read through uh, this par- portion of this book, Foster Foster points out that it's all about getting to, to know the will of God more and more. Sure. And how to how to know the will of God and how to live in the will of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to build habits of prayer and build a lifelong life of prayer, then we need to understand it's always about God's will. Always about God's will. 
And the, the and I think this chapter talk also talked about it's not sometimes people don't pray because they they believe that okay if if there's if God's will exists then we're just subject to that mm-hmm. whatever that is. And there's too many examples in scripture where God's mind was changed. Mm-hmm. His will was changed yeah. based on the people who were praying and talking to him and pleading with him or uh, communicating with him. So God, since God is the same now as he was then, then we have no reason to believe that when we go before God, that our prayers won't be heard and he couldn't change his mind about something. Or what's more likely in many cases is that we we get our minds changed Mm -hmm. because we're listening to God. Yeah, and so this part, you know, talking about it might make make some people maybe a little uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. talking about that idea of, oh, God's mind can be changed. Oh, like, that's kind of weird. Isn't God supposed to be the same always? And, And so I think an important thing to talk about here is like we've already said a little bit, when when we pray, the whole process of prayer is trying to become more in tune with God. Sure. And so these areas in Scripture where we see people praying and God's mind was changed. So, for example, some of the, the examples they give in here is, uh, well, well, one off the top of my head is Abraham. Mm-hmm. When Abraham is talking to God about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I think that's one of the funniest places in Scripture because Abraham's like, all right, well, if there's like 50 holy people right. here, will you not yeah. destroy it? And so then he's, he's like, well, much, he's what, about, with God. Yeah, he's what like, about 45? What about 40? Yeah. And he goes all the way down yeah. to 10. And so it's like, you know, time after time, God's like, all right, all right, like, right. we'll do that. But I, th- I think the difference here is Abraham was in tune with God in this point. And right. so I think uh, another thing they mentioned in this book is uh, is it First Corinth? Yeah, First Corinthians three nine, where right. Paul says that we are co-laborers with yeah. God or co-laborers with mm-hmm. Christ. He gives us this responsibility of when we're practicing this discipline of prayer and growing closer to that will of God, we can have the boldness to come to God, knowing that these things can happen right. with sure. God. Yeah. And so when Abraham went to God, or when Moses went to God and asked for certain things, and Maybe that wasn't the original plan, maybe, but, mm. but then the plan changed. It was because they were so in tune with God that were like they, they believed in, and saw right. that these things could happen. So, so you think about that, though. So God, in his, in his righteous anger, was ready to just wipe out this certain part of the world. Mm-hmm. And because... Uh, he had a relationship with God. He was able to kind of haggle with God, seems like, which yeah. is what seems comical about it. Mm-hmm. However, he knew God so much that he he knew that God genuinely loved those people. Yeah, He knew that God was a God of mercy and grace. And he was counting on that in his discussion mm-hmm. with God. How, how on earth would you ever ask God for anything like he asked for if you didn't understand who he is? Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Because one thing, if God in his righteousness is ready to wipe out uh, an entire town or two, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to step in front of that? Yeah. For the sake of people who are wicked anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, so that story, sense. like, those people wanted to kill them. I know. And, and it's like, and he's so, so, the book, the, the book is talking about knowing the will of God, and the closer you get with God, the more you uh, spend time with God, the more you study in his word, the more you will know what his will is, what the kingdom of God is all about, and what he would have you do in every situation in your life. So here's a man who really knew the will of God and and could recognize that God's righteous anger was happening because it wasn't his will to destroy those people. Mm-hmm. But they would not change. So therefore, in his justness, he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Well, God, knowing Abraham was patient with Abraham knowing that those people would never change. Sure. But he allowed Abraham to learn something in his prayer life and exercise his faith with results. Because mm-hmm. every time he went to him, it was like, if there's this many, then spare him. So he would say, okay, go find that many. Yeah. And he'd go try to find that many, and it wasn't. And he had to come back and change the deal. Okay, well, maybe if it's just this many, let me go back and check it again. And, and keep on and keep on until... Abraham learned something because Abraham's goal was to spare the people because Abraham had compassion on the people, which is in line with the will of God. God wanted to spare the people because he had compassion on them, except for he's just and they wouldn't repent. So therefore he couldn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, Abraham's Abraham's prayer, the answer to his prayers was no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? But he still was able to communicate with God in a way that I can't I can't imagine he walked away from that prayer time about that situation discouraged about God sure whereas someone who isn't real close to God and haven't prayed a lot and it doesn't spend a lot of time exercising their prayer life to get it healthy and then something bad happens and they're begging God for relief or somebody not to die or sickness whatever the case is and God says no I can imagine those people get really discouraged with God and sometimes walk away from God. Yeah, and so stuff like that, uh, he, he gives a really good example, I think, in this book where uh, he talks about, you know, maybe you're in that situation, like I mentioned earlier, where yeah. your, your prayer life might not be very strong or maybe non-existent, but something crazy happens and you try to pray. And let's say for this example, it doesn't work out. So you come to the conclusion of in your desperate time of need, you call out on God and just things might not have turned out the way that you wanted. And so you determine, okay, prayer doesn't work. Prayer must not exist, right? And so he gives this example of if there's a TV and you try to, you go to turn the TV on and it doesn't turn on, our first thought isn't, oh, well, this TV doesn't exist because it's not working right now. He's saying, right. you know, there might be some other reasons of why it's not working. Maybe something we're doing wrong or maybe something with the TV it, itself is wrong. And so he relates that to prayer if our prayer life doesn't seem to be working it's not that it doesn't exist it's maybe something we're doing that still needs a little bit of practice right. to become closer and to know that will of god sure. to, to become um the the word right. he uses is to become conformed right. to that will of god or conformed to how christ was. so so as we get into this portion it leads us into the will of god right because one one thing i want to point out before we miss the opportunity or run out of time is nothing that we're talking about today is in any way an effort to manipulate God or to trick God or to make him do anything. Sure. 
it's it's all about an effort to get to know what his will is because if we're genuine in our christian lives and our love for god and our salvation and our commitment to the gospel and our repentance if all of that is genuine and we're truly seeking the will of god because a lot of times people ask how do i know what god's will is and, and i think sometimes our prayers are hindered because we're not sure what god's will is and we don't and, and it's like a scary time where we don't we don't want to ask for this if it's not good god's will i don't want to ask about it and get told no I don't want to be praying against God's will so that sometimes people don't even talk to God because they're afraid that it's not God's will. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times when people think that whatever their will is, is God's will. And they try to manipulate God saying, I'm going to claim the blood of Christ or I'm going to say in Jesus name and now God has to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. There's no magic words. There's no hocus pocus. What you do is you, you stay in prayer. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this paragraph out of the chapter that Foster wrote here and it explains a little bit of this that maybe will help us at least maybe set a goal in our prayer life. Okay. Not so that we can get all of our prayers answered the way we want them, but so that our prayer life will be more in line with God's will and his kingdom and what's going on in the world. So here it is. It says, perhaps the most astonishing characteristic of Jesus prayer, uh, Jesus praying is that when he prayed for others, he never concluded by saying, if it be thy will, nor did the apostles or prophets when they were praying for others. They obviously believed that they knew what the will of God was before they prayed the prayer of faith. And then it says they were so immersed in the milieu, the milieu of the Holy Spirit that when they encountered a specific situation, they knew what should be done. Okay, I want you all to catch that. And then it, then it goes on. He goes on and says they're praying was so positive that it often took the form of a direct, authoritative command. Walk, be well, stand up, right? This is when they were running around healing people like Jesus did. He says, I saw that when praying for others, there was evidently no room for indecisive, tentative, half-hoping, if it be thy will, prayers. Mm -hmm. So it's basically... The prayer, the, the prayer concern for our prayer life is that God would help us to become so healthy in our prayer life and so close to him and so knowledgeable about his word and so in tune with the spirit of God that when life happens, we already know what to do and what the will of God is. Mm-hmm. And that's why in, in today's society with the virus and everything else going on, there's a lot of uh, Christians and a lot of churches and a lot of preachers and a lot of elders that are sitting back saying, well, we got to figure out what to do. We don't know how to respond to all this stuff, yeah. but we're supposed to know how. We're supposed to know what to do. Mm-hmm. We should be out there and God should be leading us to saying, here's somebody here to have compassion on. Here's somebody else over here to love. Here, here's how you react to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this situation, I want you to just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all that stuff is the will of God. I firmly believe that there's nothing that can happen in this world or in anybody's life that God hasn't already spoken to. If we would just get in tune in the word, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, be it, be aware of the Holy Spirit in our life, and our prayer life has to be the number one thing about who we are. And he's saying here that even Jesus said, didn't ever say if it's the Lord's will. Because mm-hmm. when we say that, when we when we pray... We pray, and then at the end, we say, if it's the Lord's will, or thy will be done, mm-hmm. or God willing. And it's almost to say, 
well, we're not really sure what God's going to do, so we're just going to say this so that we're not trying to manipulate God. Yeah, that almost takes some of the responsibility. Like uh, maybe if, if I didn't mention it earlier, uh, you know, we have this responsibility to be bold in our prayers. If, right. we're, if we are called right. as co-laborers right. with God, we need that yes. responsibility of prayer. So when we say at the end of the prayer, if we pray for all these things that we want to happen, we think it's within the will of God, and we right. say, oh, if it's your will. Right. You know, it, it takes a lot of Because we, we don't know. Yeah, it, it's but so, we should know. Sure, yeah. and so and even to to go back to the the Lord's prayer, you know, in that prayer, Jesus talks about the will of God, but he doesn't say if your will be done on earth. He says your will no. be done yeah. on earth as it, it is. It was in a heaven. matter of fact. He's like your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Period. Yeah, and and so I think that's another maybe good place to go back to this idea of you know when we're praying and and we we want to pray with that boldness and. To go back to the situation of a lot of times it happens when a bigger situation comes right. about. He mentions in this book of, you know, we, we have to start with the small things. And so um, he talks in a section, I'll, I'll read something here that he talks about is uh, prayer also is a way for us to actively listen to God. Similar to that of meditation, but mm-hmm. you know, when we pray, there are there is a process when we pray of, you know, listening to what God may say. And so he says in here, when we listen, we will learn the importance of beginning with smaller things like colds mm-hmm. or earaches, you know, rather than what he says earlier about some bigger health situations, maybe mm-hmm. like cancers or MS or, or bigger things. He says, let's like, when we start to pray and start this process, let's start with smaller things like colds or earaches because success in the small corners of life gives us authority in the larger matters. Now, this is similar to Luke 16, where it says, you know, when God trusts us with smaller things before God will trust us with the larger things. And so if we are still, we will learn not only who God is, but how his power operates. So so this idea of listening, praying for those smaller things and, and growing, it's that process of learning how to pray well, but also that process of learning what God's will is as we do it. And so... Uh, I really liked that section where it says, you know, a, a tangible way of how can we start with some of the smaller things. It's like he says, you know, smaller things like colds or earaches or, or even, you know, things like let's pray in the evening where, God, we pray that tomorrow when we wake up that we will live more according mm-hmm. to your will. And so it's that process of, you know, we're, we're never promised tomorrow. However, if if you're a fairly healthy person there's a good chance that you're going to wake up the next day. And so praying with that in mind of, you know, tomorrow I'll be here. I can still practice this tomorrow. Right. It's it's those smaller things that get in our, our minds and our prayer life and our spiritual life of knowing we had those successes with it. Mm-hmm. So now let's move on to some of the bigger things. Yeah, I think, I think the prayer life needs to be the priority mm-hmm. because if God is God and he's number one in your life, in, in your home and in your community and in your church, then prayer is the number one thing. Sure. We don't do anything until we pray. We pray first thing in the day. We pray last thing in the, in the evening. We pray all throughout the day, non-ceasing. We're constantly talking to God, constantly reading his word, constantly meditating, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting still and listening for what the spirit might be revealing to us about the truth of God's word so that we can have the tools we need to know God's will. It's all about getting ourselves set up to know God's will as life is happening. Mm-hmm. Not so that we can survive life, 
but so that we can do the work of the kingdom in the middle of life. Mm-hmm. How do we respond to the world as it happens around us and to us and through us and make disciples? And we don't know that how to do that until we're, we're this in tune with God and, and that we are literally doing... See, the Bible, so many times Jesus taught, if you just, uh, whatever you ask in my name, let it be done. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, that is so mistaught. And so many people take that so so far out of what it means that they're now manipulating God. When all Jesus is saying is, the closer you get to the Father, the more you know His will, and the more you know Him, and the more then the more you your will becomes His will. It's all about conforming us, us changing our hearts and our will to His will. Mm-hmm. And the more we have compassion like God, the more we love like God, the more we have mercy like God with, around to, to the people in the world, the more our will is in line with his will. And then, of course, whatever we say to God, whatever we talk to God about, will automatically be in line with his will because we then we'll already know his will. Yeah. And that's the power of prayer. And that is the value that comes with people who are... Uh, what I would uh, what I would say prayer warriors maybe mm-hmm. or maybe that they uh, they for some reason or another this this whole discipline was instilled in them from the day that they were saved mm-hmm. and they got in tune with it and they just never abandoned it in fact I would go so far as to say I don't know how people are living the Christian life without this or at least a poor some kind of life that is you now don't don't get me wrong I'm not saying that every Christian should have this mastered. Mm-hmm. I'm just simply saying we all are in different places in our prayer life, and we all have work to do. Sure. We all, and we could all get get closer to God. We could all in, increase the health of our prayer life. You know, it's an exercise. Yeah. He and also like he mentions that if you listened last week to the conversation about meditation, if you're listening to this now, and we keep kind of repeating this idea of. You know, in our prayer life, it's it's all about getting to know the will of God more. You know, if if you're like me, you might question, well, what what's a way that we can actually do that, right? And uh, he talks in here and he says meditation is the necessary prelude to intercession right. of prayer. And and so if you listen to that conversation about meditation, it's all about this idea of you know emptying ourselves in order to be filled up. Mm-hmm. So when we meditate, we're we're sitting kind of in this silence to, to hear something from God, right? And so the reason it's a prelude to prayer is when we're doing meditation well, that gives us the words we need for our prayer life. So, right. so that meditation of sitting with God, listening for what God like wants for us, we can translate that into prayer. It's kind of like a one step after the other. Yes, uh, well, yeah, prayer. Prayer is the prayer is the main resource for the Christian life. Meditation is uh, it's kind of like a an aid to mm-hmm. that resource. Yeah, goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Works together really well with it. And then next week we're going to talk about fasting. Yeah, which is another aspect that you can go even deeper mm-hmm. in your meditation and in your prayer time with God. And notice all three of these disciplines as we give you a little pre, pre uh, preview of, of next topic, all three of them have to do with listening to yeah. God. Mm-hmm. More listening than talking. Yeah. And in fact, I would go so far as to say 
if we're going to put percentages on it, 95% of the time we listen mm-hmm. and ponder. The re- And maybe 5% of the time we're talking to God. Yeah, there's that old expression of there's a reason we were given two ears right. and one mouth. Right. So basically, uh, if we're going to have to end this... Uh, Right now, I don't know if there's any, are we uh, if we're missing something before we close it down or. or... I think I think we've uh, talked about a good portion of these things. You know, yeah. like we mentioned last week, if you all are listening, grab the book, read along with yeah. us. It's really helpful, and and we can't get to everything right. in these conversations, but we try to give, yeah, pretty good overview of it. So yes, what celebration of discipline? Uh, Foster is the author. It's an older. It's an. It was written a long time ago. And it's probably been revised a few times. You can get it on Kindle. I read mine on Kindle. Um, it's a good book to read. It's a good book to study. Uh, you'll read a lot of stuff that we're talking about here. But there's no there's no point in us reinventing the book mm-hmm. on our own. We're just kind of going off of what he's saying and kind of trying to share with you all what we've learned and what we believe. And uh, I guess I guess if I had to sum it all up for the discipline of prayer. It's the exercise of getting closer to God for the purpose of understanding his will so that we might do the work of the kingdom of God and do it with confidence. When we talk to God, the goal is to know his will and be confident about what we're praying about. Not if it's God's will, not maybe God will hear this, but just be confident. Mm -hmm. Lord, here's what it is. Here's what I know your will is, so, so be it. That's the way our prayer life should be. And that's, I think, what honors God. And I think that's what makes a great witness because people look at people who are able to get to that point in their prayer life and they're like, yeah, that guy right there really knows God. Or that lady over there, she's really in tune with the Lord. And her faith is genuine. Maybe this God thing is real. Maybe God is real. Maybe Jesus is a Christ. Next thing you know, people are going to come to you because they trust that you know God. And you're going to be able to disciple them and lead them in a prayer life that's uh, powerful and, and 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 does a lot of work for the kingdom. That's all I have for today. It's a yeah. good discussion. Yeah, we'll see you all next time. See you next time. Hey, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We also want to encourage you to subscribe once again to the podcast. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel and share it with your friends and family. We would love to hear your feedback in the comment sections or find us on our Facebook page and contact us through Facebook Messenger. Again, we are here at Oak Grove Christian Church, 5 Morris Road, Arden, North Carolina. I'm Archie Gilmer with Justin Miller. Thanks again for listening to Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations. We love you and the Lord loves you. See you next time.